All right, Reggie Ponder, the real critic. We have uh, a finite amount of time and a lot to talk about. So let's get started with last weekend's box office. We are going to find out who won the weekend, but I, I think I could have probably come up with this without looking. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Uh, Lion King came out at number one with a seventy, another seventy, almost seventy-seven million dollars. Uh, it's at a total gross here at three hundred and fifty-one uh, uh, domestically, and then when you look internationally, it 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 just crushing internationally because yeah. it's like three six hundred and almost forty million dollars internationally. So it's already at one billion dollars. So it's doing really well. I think my family really contributed a lot to <laughs> uh, these. Uh, coffers because I have one person. Oh, she's in the studio. There hi, she is. hi, Carrie. Hello, Father. Uh, <laughs> Carrie, did you did you um, happen to go see this movie? Uh, yes, I'd say I saw it about three times. Yeah, you did see it about three times. <laughs> and did you use my money to see it three times? Not the first time. Yeah, not the first time. It is absolutely crazy. So, <sighs> so I'm lukewarm on this one. I thought it was well done and good and all that type of stuff. But she loved it. She took her cousins. She took her mother. So, Carrie, anything you want to say about The Lion King? I think loved it is intense. <laughs> I because I think that the I think that the original is a near perfect movie. So creating it in 3D animation added a little bit but like it didn't like make the movie better it was it was a nice to see it and i think it's really only worth it if you see it in 3d okay, okay. so so that's really interesting she said love it is an, an exa uh, exaggeration but she saw it three times anyway <laughs> i know we got a lot to talk about so i'll keep keep it moving jill so number two at the box office once once upon a time in hollywood yeah and uh, Quentin Tarantino, in my opinion, he is a excellent filmmaker, and the the, the way in which he makes films, uh, you have to like his style and like what he brings to the screen. Mm -hmm. uh, in this one, I really like the stars. I actually like the story. So there's a lot to like here. We didn't get to come in last week to talk yeah. about it, so I, I I can't get into it a lot. But what I will say is that it wasn't my movie. Okay, it wasn't my type of movie. Did even you get it, the chance to see it in seventy millimeter at the music box? I saw it at the uh, and and look. It looked really good. Yeah. I think one of the things that bothers me about Quentin Tarantino is his stuff is very, very violent. And in this particular movie, the violence for me didn't really fit the, the overall mm. story. Is that uh, I, I liked it up until a point, and then when it got to the violence stuff, it's like, ah, why? What, what was what was the purpose of that? But Quentin always wants to bring in uh, getting somebody hurt, somebody, oh yeah, know, some, something happening for that. So it wasn't for me that because he's such a great filmmaker. It looks great on the screen. I think that uh, it keeps your attention overall. I would give it a, a matinee a movie sure. and give it two and two and a half. But it did really well, really well at the box yeah. office. Forty one million at the box office. So it's it's um you know this this is this is not a this is a great feat for 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 uh, Tarantino. I, I think agree. it's his highest grossing first week movie. Yeah, I, I I was just doing a little like mental tally in my head. I'm like, no, that didn't do it. No, no, that did. That was a cult thing that caught on later. Yeah, back in uh, high school, my freshman year in high school, uh, I started writing for my school paper, and the first assignment that I got was to go review Pulp Fiction. And which which is the absolute classic. Yeah. And when people are talking about the movies, you cannot talk, you cannot skip a movie like like Pulp no. Fiction. I had to sit in the theater twice. I I I was just like, what just what just what, happened? What did yeah. I just? Yeah, yeah, it was so innovative. And now I think folks, uh, he set the bar so high so soon that I think folks uh, have a lot 
higher standards for Tarantino movies than maybe they uh, yeah. used to. I still think Jackie Brown is maybe my favorite one of his. You know what? I really like Jackie Brown as such well. such a great film. Uh, there is something, again, about this, the, the, the twists and turns of this one, that just didn't hit the pocket for yeah. me. So I wouldn't trash it because if you look at it uh, and and... And he wrote this. He co-wrote it. Yeah. Uh, it's 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 a it's a good movie. It just wasn't my type of movie. I so hear that. Uh, I don't really need to go through the rest of the box office because it's all of yesterday's movie. Oh, yesterday isn't it? My fault. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> but you got Spider-Man, Toy Story, Crawl, Yesterday, Aladdin, Stuber, Annabelle Comes Home, and The Farewell. Yeah. There's nothing new. This uh, other than uh, Once Upon a Time, so it came through at a great time. Uh, two weekends ago, everything in the world was happening in Chicago. Uh, we had Pitchfork, we had the Silver Room Block Party, but we also had Complex Con, and that's where you got to go. Uh, talk to me about your time at Complex Con, but also talk to me about uh, how you got to speak to the titular Brian Banks. Yeah, so so firstly, again, you, you always look out for me. You're like, hey, Rich, uh, what about Complex Con? And I'm like, well, complex con. Well, what is that? <laughs> I, I'm really, I, I just was, was ignorant. And I'm gonna tell you, this is a sneakers head paradise. Carrie, you said something. What did you say? Uh, it's all the hype beast brands. Yeah, it, yeah. It is. When you walk into this place, you are hyped. <laughs> it, it, they. Sensory overload. Oh my goodness! I mean, so they had a stage with with uh, artists uh, playing, uh, rapping and singing and doing all that stuff. They have all these different um, uh, brands, and they have their own stations. And uh, Con we stopped by Converse, for instance. And they had these new shoes, three different pair that have that are, have not been released, and you could buy them right there oh, yeah. and have them before they come out. Uh, they had so many different Puma and Reebok, and it it, it was delightful. So at, at the same time, they also had forums and things of that mm -hmm. nature. And one of the forums was about criminal justice. And I sent you a clip mm -hmm. uh, uh, because Brian Banks, uh, for people who don't know, you 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 actually uh, read a little bit about about his story. Yeah. But for people who don't know, Brian Banks was uh, 16 years old. He was uh, uh, considered a sure shot to make the NFL at 16. And uh, he decided to go to a, a local makeout spot, made out with this young lady. He got accused of a crime that he didn't commit, and his life just uh, went into turmoil. Uh, I had an opportunity to talk to him about it. This is a clip about mm -hmm. the the film. Next week, we'll actually talk. I'll review the movie, and we'll have another clip as well. Excellent. Here's Brian Banks and Reggie Ponder. Critic, I am here with Brian Banks for the movie. Brian Banks, can you talk a little bit, just top line, what happened to you? Uh, the age of 16 in 2002, I was uh, on my way to USC to play football. I was uh, verbally committed to USC on a full scholarship. The summer going into my senior year in high school, I went to a known makeout spot on my high school campus with this girl that I've known for a while. and um, We kissed and made out, but we never had sex. But by the end of that day, I was being arrested and accused of sexual assault. Um, by the time that they figured out that that did not happen, 10 years of my life had passed. Uh, which consisted of five years of prison, five years of strict custody, parole, uh, registered sex offender, the whole gamut of it all. Um, and uh, eventually was, uh, my freedom was eventually restored once uh, my accuser recanted and came forward, admitting that it never happened. Got my life back, got back into shape, had an opportunity to play with the Atlanta Falcons for a little bit. Uh, and here I am today uh, promoting this amazing film called Brian Banks.
Because I heard you on a panel kind of talking about that there's three different ways in which you can deal with forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And I have concluded that your way was the third way. Absolutely. So can you talk about those three ways? Yeah. I I believe that there's three ways of dealing with forgiveness. Uh, One, you can uh, completely and wholeheartedly forgive somebody. You know it to be true in your heart. I forgive you, uh, and I can let this go. Another is to uh, not forgive somebody. What what happened in your life was so severe that you're not to a point yet where you can forgive. Uh, and the third is to completely remove yourself from a situation altogether uh, and not allow a person or an experience uh, that much power over your life to where you have to determine whether or not uh, you can or cannot forgive somebody. Uh, acknowledging that the past is the past, that it happened, there's nothing that you can do to change it. Um, but how you see yourself, how you respond to what you've been through and what you do moving forward, uh, let that be your main focus. Um, and, yeah, I've, I've chosen to completely just remove myself from uh, a, a decision of whether I forgive or not forgive because that won't change what has already happened. Uh, and, and no one deserves that much power over my life. So my focus now has been, okay, this is... This is what has happened in my life, but what I do in this moment determines what happens next. Um, what I put into the world is what I get back. So if I'm throwing this negativity and hatred and, and animosity and revenge and all these different things into the world, then uh, you know I, I can't expect a, a positive uh, reception or you know in return. So I try to just live my life uh, the way uh, I would want people to treat me. And that's by giving love and positivity. You want people to come out and, and see this movie. It comes out August the 9th. And what is your hope to come out of that? I mean, for, for when those people walk out of that film, what, what, what do you want them to do? I want them to, to, make, I want them to be inspired uh, to want to see change within our judicial system, uh, to want to take part in more social justice activities, uh, to stand up for those who are voiceless and cannot stand up for themselves. Um, and then also, I want people to to see that uh, regardless of what you go through in life, uh, it's how you respond to it and what you choose to do moving forward, that you can self-empower yourself and not fall victim to what other people have labeled you or branded you as um, or belittled you to. Um, uh and also to, to, to find that control over your emotions and not allow your emotions to control you. There's a, there's a number of things that I feel that people can take away from this film, um, but I think most importantly is that we have to continue to make these real experiences, these real-life stories into forms of art so that people who would never experience these things have an opportunity to look into a window and see what other people are going through in this world um, so that they too can be informed and in hopes that they want to see those same changes that, that we're working toward. I think you actually used the term criminal injustice system. Uh, what does criminal justice look like for you? Uh, well, true criminal justice is a, a, a system where we uh, rely on facts, is a system where we seek truth and not a conviction, a system that is unbiased to color, uh, to, to you being a man or a woman, uh, and a system that has moral, that has the moral and ethical obligation to do the right thing, uh, versus uh, the political thing, or, uh, uh, or, or, or you know some other, um, uh, you know, 
outside influence that that ultimately goes against what we uh, say that we stand for uh, as a country. So you, we have Van Jones doing stuff as it relates to uh, restorative uh, justice. We have Meek Mills out here uh, doing some of the things that relates directly to um, uh, what, what I think will happen to you in terms of probation and, and all of that. Speak a little bit about the things you see uh, that some of these people are, are doing right now. I think that everything that's happening now with, you know, like you, the people you mentioned, Van Jones and Meek Mill, and even the work that Kim Kardashian is currently doing, I think it's all great. I think it's all amazing. I think it's needed and it's necessary. Um, and it's it's never too late. Um, and and, and uh, it's important that we have people that have the, 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 the voice and the foundation that they have, uh, where they can reach out to so many people, uh, and 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 uh, I think it's important that they that they uh, continue to do the work that they're doing. And I commend them all uh, for choosing this line of work because it's a very noble thing to do. Uh, there is no money in this. There is no uh, c- career where you're going to make a lot of money out of this. You know, all the lawyers for the California Innocence Project. You know, they're 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 working off of uh off of small little grants. You know what I mean? And then, you know, and uh, it's just really noble work. So anybody who's who's chosen to fight for those who can't fight for themselves, um, I commend you. And I take I take my hat off to you. You know, much respect. Well, and and of course we can, we can't forget Brian Stevenson and, and the work that that he's doing. Uh, uh, give another plug for the Innocent Project. I think you got your sweatshirt over here. So uh, can you talk a little bit about them? Yeah. Uh, so this sweater is a representation of the California Innocence Project. California Innocence Project is in San Diego, uh, and they are with the uh, Cal Western School of Law. They're a nonprofit student law firm clinic uh, that basically, you know, if you're an aspiring attorney and you're in law school, you got to do a certain amount of clinical hours. Um, you have an opportunity to join an Innocence Project. And what that uh, consists of is, is taking on cases uh, that someone has submitted to you, either as a friend, a family member, or the actual person that's incarcerated, uh, and they are saying that they're innocent and they have the evidence to prove it. They go and do the research and uh, investigate the cases, talk to witnesses, do whatever they can to, to build up enough evidence to then walk that case into a courthouse uh, and file a writ of habeas corpus, which is a uh, uh, which is a petition to overturn. Now, now I have to stop you here. You filed your own yeah, for did. your own case. You filed your own. Yeah, I, I filed my own while incarcerated. Um, I hadn't, you know. So the, the backstory on that was I hadn't seen my case file uh, for almost three years that I was incarcerated. I didn't know what was in my file because I was considered young, and my attorney thought that I didn't, you know, I wouldn't understand, or I don't know what her uh, idea was of not sharing this information, but once I finally saw my case file, uh, and I realized what all had taken place in my case and what didn't happen, um, I took it upon myself to go back uh, and, and, and appeal my own case. I, you know, I got into the law library, I studied the law, I studied, um, you know, uh, um, uh, habeas petitions, and yeah, I actually filed my own, which uh, I submitted, and on the first submission was uh, granted an order to show cause, which is rare, but uh, it was it was put together enough for for that to take place. But there's some things that happened to where you know it it didn't go the way I wanted it to go, but it got the ball rolling and at least brought attention to this to my to my situation and showing that there's a lot of um, 
uh, inadequate counsel and uh, the DNA in my case wasn't used. And there were so many things that that uh, that happened and didn't happen in my case. Uh, I couldn't sit back and just allow 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 it to be what it was. I had to try to fight even if nobody was fighting with me. Please continue to support the California Innocence Project or any Innocence Project. They're all across the country, outside of the country. Um, they make small they make a small amount of money from grants from the government and the rest of the money that they that they receive to help people uh, in need of help comes from people like you and me that give out donations we buy sweaters we buy wristbands and things like that just to help with uh with all the legal fees and things that they come up with dna testing and and, and traveling and going and reinvestigating uh you know and talking to witnesses and everything i'm reggie ponder the real critic i'm here with brian banks thanks so much brian That was Reggie, the real critic, Ponder's interview with Brian Banks. Brian Banks, the subject of a film that also carries the same name. And uh, Brian, uh, you were, Reggie, just saying to me that it's going to hit you right here, right in, the, it, right in the soul. It really is. I just felt that this is so important for people to go and see. Uh, I, I saw the movie yesterday. I really can't talk about that yet. Uh, we'll talk about that sometime next week from mm-hmm. a from a review perspective. But um, this is an important movie. We talk a lot about uh, movies like uh, When They See Us and films like this. They, oh, they're so hard to watch. And, you know, I need something to, to have some fun with. So I'm going to go see Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, we're going to talk about Hobbs and we Shaw are. in a minute. But I'm going to go see Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, yeah, go see Hobbs and Shaw. Have a good time. But also, go see these type of movies. They're very, very important. If not a cautionary tale, but it, but it also is a, a lesson in, you know, mindset and what you need to do to to uh, lift yourself up and all the people who tried to help him and so on and so forth. It's a very, very important movie, and I, I'm I'm hoping that people will uh, go check it out. I'm really glad that the two of you got to, to link up and have that conversation. We did just mention Hobbs and Shaw, so <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's get Fast and Furious, sir. All right, so so obviously I'm going to have to be Fast and Furious because we, we're, we're winding down to the end of the show. But so so here here's my thought. Uh, overall, I'm thinking: Do we need uh, a spinoff of the Fast and Furious uh, franchise? I, I've I've been saying: Do I need another Fast and Furious? But when you look at the Fast and Furious uh, numbers, yes, the answer <laughs> is going to be yes yeah. because all these movies are going over a billion, you know, and they're just doing a phenomenal job at the at the box office. So one of the things I say to you all the time, Jill, is that can I get a different story? Mm-hmm. Well. Okay, I have to give it to them. They gave us a a a different s- story mm-hmm. uh, by teaming these two adversaries uh, together to fight against the baddest man in the world, Idris Elba. Mm. Now, are we talking bad meaning bad or bad meaning oh, good? Oh, bad. He is he is the villain in this one, mm. and he is bringing it. Mm, and when I love he, a bad boy. When he <laughs> when he appears on the screen. People, the women are like, oh, I mean, they're yelling. And, and so he looks good. And he's this um, mix of uh, 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 of technology and human. Mm. So so he got that kind of cyborg stuff working for him okay. as well. And he is like unstoppable. He is kicking butts and taking names. <laughs> so the, the, the story is, is that there's a virus that, uh, the bad guys led by Idris is they're trying to get that virus so that they can eliminate all the weak per- people in the world. Mm. Kind of like a survival of the fittest kind of mm-hmm. thing. Uh, Hobbs and Shaw are contracted by their countries to stop him from getting it. And 
uh, the store and and they don't want to work together. So that's the funny, wow, funny in yay. this whole thing is that they don't want to work together, and so it's really, really tough. To, and they're fighting each other about who's going to get who's going to get there first, who's going to do it better, and and all this type so of stuff. So at its heart, it's like a buddy cop. Movie. It's like a buddy. It's like a buddy cop movie. Okay. And so they 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 have a lot of uh, jokes and things of that nature. The action in this is is superb. I mean, and ridiculous. Yeah. And what I mean by ridiculous is that there's stuff like in the Fast and Furious where people are falling through the air and people like catching them and yeah. uh, stop. Like, this isn't how like, gravity like, works. No, no. <laughs> you know that. Physics. You know, they're timing things. Like, you. I mean, like if you saw uh, Jumanji, you'd be like, okay, yeah, they caught them out of the, uh, you know, you caught them out of the air. That's funny because that's, you it's sus- a fantasy. belief, yeah. right. But come on, not in Hobbs and Shaw. So, so <laughs> some of the stuff is just absolutely ridiculous. The piece that they try to do here is they try to tie both both Hobbs and Shaw to their families. And there's these twists that bring them together with their fa- with Hobbs with his family and Shaw with his family. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that Her- Her- Helen Mirren is in, in this one because mm-hmm. she is uh, uh, Shaw's father in, in this. Or uh, Shaw's mother. Uh, so Shaw's mother, right. Duh. I want her to get her Gibson made. <laughs> right here. <Yeah>. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Um, and so, Jill, the action is good. The funny is not as funny to me. Mm. The 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 story is kind of like all over the place that they kind of jump from this to that to to this. I I just think that a lot of people are going to love this film. They're just going to love it. You're going to go and just have such a good time, but I I just didn't I thought they could have done better in this one. This mm. to me again is a matinee movie and I'm giving it a matinee of two and a half because I don't think that they really tightened up the the script for okay. this. And 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 even some of the stuff that the people thought were funny, I was sitting up there like, "Ah, eh, that's 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 not funny." I think what really got me to say that this is worth seeing is the heartwarming stuff that they did at the end. They actually do some things that make uh go to some of the roots of um of, of these families. And when they do that, again, not trying to give that away, you're going to be uh, a couple of little hairs will stand up on your mm-hmm. arm. You'll you'll get a little teary eyed and you'll and you'll feel something there. But I think that that's really in the second half in the second half of the movie. OK, Reggie, the real critic ponder gives two and a half reels to two hot two hotties. And, <laughs> and, and if I could, Jill, uh, really quickly, I. Uh, uh, Yesterday started uh, Black Comedy Month, mm. and so uh, Black Comedy Month was started by uh, Steve Capers, and he actually uh, runs the Martha's Vineyard Comedy Fest in Martha's Vineyard in the month of August. They have all these f- f- phenomenal comedians out there. Uh, you can go to the uh, Martha's Vineyard Comedy Fest and, and check it out. The reason I want to mention Black Comedy Month is because I am associated with them, and, and on the blackcomedymonth.com site, you'll see me giving some some tribute to Ooh. some of the best comedians out there. So please uh, go check out blackcomedymonth.com and uh, that's it. Well, that's right up my alley. Thank you for that, Reggie Ponder. Uh, Reggie Ponder, of course, can be found at reggieponder.com and anywhere films are shown.